Welcome. We're live on Very Flow Upstream number 49. This episode is entitled Shares because we all have a little bit to share about the BlackBerry ecosystem, the BlackBerry reality. I'm here with CrackBerry editor-in-chief Chris Parsons Blaze, as he's more infamously known. How are you doing today, Chris? I complain, man. It's a nice day out. It's still daylight, I guess. A lot of people don't have the have the pleasure of having daylight at this time of night, but I do for the moment anyway. Most of our viewers are probably watching this like early morning or late at night, so <laughs> we will all envy your life and your, your enjoyment of sunlight right now. But we've got a great developer team with us here. We've got Brandon Orr of Penguin and Cloud, cloud Mix. Mix Cloud. Yeah, yeah, it's a Mixed Cloud native yeah. client called I'm Cloud Mix. Cyberbytes Inc. How are you both doing this evening? Doing good. Pretty Excited good. for tomorrow. Spend some time with family, have some cookout food, you know. Right, it's Memorial Day weekend. Everyone was like, BBMing me, like, are we going to do this today? And I'm like, of course we're going to do it today. <laughs> this is our Sunday feast. Like, this is what we do. I, I just came from a, like a fabulous dinner, guys. I can't even tell you how amazing it was. That, like, you know, just giving you the food itself. Uh, it was just amazing. I'll post pictures a little bit later, but. I'd like to get started. We have a new vice president of corporate communications in Jennifer Dioji, brought in by BlackBerry CEO John Chen. This is to basically overtake the position that Heidi served for us for so many years and did such a great job in doing so. What do you guys think about the new appointment? Do you feel like this consolidation of assets in terms of persona and as well PR is going to be valuable for BlackBerry? as they head forward here. I'm very interested to hear you guys' thoughts. Let's start with Chris. All I can really say is that she hasn't emailed me yet, so <laughs> I don't know how well she's going to do at the job. She hasn't emailed me yet to say anything. So, you know. But, I mean, at least I got somebody else in there almost immediately after Heidi left, which is rather interesting in its own right. So, uh, And we're probably butchering her name, too. I'm not even sure how to pronounce her last name. Jen, feel free to leave a comment and we'll correct whatever misnomers we've created. <laughs> your name for the community. Brandon, Alex, how are you both doing this evening? Like, are you guys are you ready for upstream? Are you poised and ready for I'm pumped for upstream, man. Are you pumped? <laughs> James is pumped. He's pumped on something. <laughs> I'm looking ahead like a couple episodes and I'm like feeling downstream immensely. So I'm here, you know, it's just whatever. Alex, what about you? Have you kept yourself uh, in terms of the marketplace? Uh, are you still available on Tinder is what he's asking. <laughs> I'm good. Busy with work. Keep myself very busy, and that's the way that I want it. So Maybe he brings in mad bills. So oh, yeah. <laughs> your own personal blog set up, Alex Bass is the guy. I mean, I, I don't think I've mentioned it yet, but... Alex is actually the webmaster of Veryflow right now. He's actually taken on the mantle of our hosting and our domain provision and all that. So, Alex, go to Alex if you have any complaints. <laughs> yeah, if the site breaks, just, you know, hit me up, but don't, actually. <laughs> yeah, I'll hit Alex up. It'll get taken care of one way or another. No, um, you know, VP of corporate communications is, is a serious thing, right? Disappointment is something that's going to be high level. It's something that's going to be disseminated out across the different various PR representatives that BlackBerry still maintains. Blaze and I specifically work with these representatives almost like every couple of months on 
different service announcements, different device offerings in terms of getting our hands on these devices and service offerings, be able to share them with the community. So it's going to be interesting how the dialogue progresses from here. We've got a new seat at the top of the head in terms of the VP. And communications is going to be very interesting. It's something I think Blaze can attest to in terms of communication. We've had good instances of it, and we've had kind of lacking instances of it. But what do you guys think? Do you think Jen's going to kind of take on the mantle and we're going to deliver on some of the things we're looking for? Really expanding sales and marketing. Right now, you've got a couple of devices in market. We need to see that stuff get pushed, especially Passport, especially some of the coming stuff. What do you guys think about the atmosphere right now? Amidst the Microsoft and, and the layouts, <laughs> excuse me, and some of the other things happening. What do you guys' like sentimentality right now? How do you feel? I think it's uh, I think it's a little too early to tell. I mean, she she's just fresh in, into the position. But I think uh, if there's one thing that's for certain, it's a tall order. She uh, she's going to be asked to fill in that position. I'm sure she she knows what she's getting herself into. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how she progresses and how she goes about uh, dealing with with some of those shortfalls um, on the communication side we've seen in the past few months or in the past few years and see how those are you know kind of addressed and how, how we expand on those how, how Blackberry expands on those yeah I mean it's something that we just need to kind of wait and see um, obviously it's very recent so you know not too much to speculate about but hopefully it goes well it's interesting to me how quickly someone was moved out and someone was moved in. I find that very interesting in terms of the way John Chen is executing on BlackBerry right now. He seems very like, I know what I'm doing. I'm trying to get this done. I've got timetables. I've got expectations. I've got goals. Blaze, what are some of your thoughts on this? A new appointment from our basically head of contact. What are some of your thoughts? Uh, like I said, Chad, we haven't had anything at this point in time to be able to like relay back and forth. You know, there's no new devices at this point or anything like that. So I don't know. I think I think she'll have to have to go ahead and work a little bit harder to, and reach out to the community. I mean, if that's something that she wants to essentially maintain, because as we've seen over the past few years, you know, the PR relationship with uh, with BlackBerry and Essentially, the community itself has been rather large. Like they've, they've really stepped up in, in terms of that over the past few years. However, uh, you know, it, it remains to be seen at this point in time if that is essentially going to be something that's going to continue. Like I said, we haven't had any new devices or anything um, to essentially discuss it as of yet with Jennifer, who would be, you know, taking over that position. Everything thus far has been, you know, we'll get to it. As much as I hate to mention it early, we'll get to it. But the, the PR relationship has been with, you know, the, the latest rumors and gossip and layoffs and everything like that. But there hasn't been any actual device announcements or service announcements or anything like that to to discuss. So much like everybody else, it's, it's you know, one of those things that we, we kind of have to wait and see. But I really hope that, you know, BlackBerry... And essentially, uh, Jennifer isn't isn't going to forget about the BlackBerry community because I think the BlackBerry community itself is very crucial to, you know, the the, the long long life of BlackBerry. If if you're not going to be interactive and reaching out to the community, then you know you're you're losing a lot of people at that point in time who 
have realistically spent a lot of time and faith and effort into helping BlackBerry out. So hopefully, hopefully we'll hear more. But until now, it's kind of like you know, wait and see. Yeah, you know, she seems to have a pretty good track record. Just looking through her LinkedIn, um, she was the vice president at some. Um, I don't know how it's pronounced. It's Fleischmann Hillard uh, International Communications, a communications company, for seven years. Then she moved over to Visa and just jumped around positions there. But she's been, you know, there for quite a long time, almost ten years it looks. So uh, it seems like she has always constantly been in the corporate communication kind of area, and she seems to be very loyal to the company. You know, at least Visa when she was working there. So I think it should go well. Um, if her track record shows anything, so John Chen has shown his own track record in terms of bringing people he trusts and has worked well with in the past. I mean, the people he's brought on have done a phenomenal job. Marty Beard is a great example in terms of the COO. Just night and day in terms of the actual, you know, kind of public public eye that those representatives support for the team. It's great to see, I think, new new blood coming into BlackBerry at the executive level to really change the the corporate atmosphere, as as uh, you know, Alex had mentioned there. I'm excited to see, as as Chris mentioned earlier, we haven't seen too much so far, but I'm excited to see more. I think there's a lot to be had here, and the relationship with the blogs, especially the core blogs, CrackBerry, N4BB, Berry Flow, BBOS, etc. A lot of those blogs are like your go-to. We are passionate about the brand, and we're excited to talk about it. You don't have to sell us on it. You know, you don't have to sit us down for 20 minutes and tell us why Belief is great for us to get it. So I think working with those assets and seeing what we can create together is going to be a phenomenal thing for them, and I hope they can expand on that further through both their own internal blog and as well working through us to help exp uh, you know spread that exposure. Crackberry alone is such a infinite kind of a vessel in terms of knowledge that you can gain. So definitely work on those laterals to see what you can do to expand the product. I don't know. Chris, what's your what's your take here? It seems like we have a consolidation going on. It seems like the device unit is slimming. We're kind of tailoring things up. We got an earnings call coming, so we want to look good on that. We're cutting a couple of jobs, but we seem very, very focused. Maybe marketing one or two devices a year as opposed to not marketing four would <laughs> be a value, you know, addition for BlackBerry. Where they, the Passport has been a great example, I feel. The device came out, no marketing, and the little bit of marketing they put behind it has gone a long way to tell the story of why this device is unique, powerful, and intrinsically BlackBerry. I wonder if the slider and forthcoming devices will take on some of that persona in terms of the advertising. Right? You focus on one or two devices a year instead of four. You have your fleet upgrades. You have your low-end market that you want to go to. But you focus on the culturalization of that advertising, and you might be able to g gain and garner quite a few new users just with an impactful message. I know, Chris, you and I have talked about you know, multiple times whether they should put some of these QNX advertisements on air, on television even. And just say, like, this is the new BlackBerry. There's so much more than just devices. And I want to hear each of your takes on it in terms of marketing and devices. Do you feel like slimming back on the hardware division is going to be a valuable thing for them moving forward? And do you feel like it makes them, or puts them, excuse me, into a better position to leverage some of the unique hardware innovations that they are bringing to these devices? Let's start with Chris. 
Well, first off, I think that, you know, slimming down the hardware aspect of it and, you know, concentrating essentially on those two or three devices per year instead of like a whole portfolio of devices, you know, have, have one or, I'd say two or three, maybe I prefer one or two, one or two devices that they actually really aggressively market and put the, put the word out on those. But, you know, they have, have those other devices which are like the Leap, which are fleet renewals and, you know, business devices that some folks are going to buy by the bucket loads and use them in the business, but consumers won't necessarily care about. Uh, hopefully, they'll they'll take that on and actually market those one or two devices exponentially. And you know, if if that's what they have to do to go ahead and keep devices from be, being made, then that's what they need to do. Um, but I don't know. I think I think um, they just need to actually come out and be fully clear with their plan at this point. I still think there's a lot of mixed messages coming from Chen, especially in some of his recent interviews. Even though, even though he says that he, he's you know committed to hardware and everything like that, he's still laying people off in the hardware sector. And I'm not I'm not saying that that's necessarily a bad thing or a good thing, whatever. It but it just it still seems like the message that's being sent out is is still a little bit mixed. Um, but he's he's doing exactly as he said that he was going to do. Like he's he's taking BlackBerry and turning them into software and services company, and that seems to be his main focus, getting them into the the, the software and services aspect of it all. But again, there he still says that hardware is a big has a big role in BlackBerry, but then we we see those layoffs and. That's that's kind of where it gets a little bit sketchy. Like people people are going to see layoffs in the hardware division and say, well, if you're so dedicated to, to hardware and you see it as a gateway into to the the BlackBerry world, then why are you laying people off? It's it's a really it's still a really mixed message. And, it, it, and I think it, you need to direct it. It comes amongst rather amidst Foxconn relationships, a growing Samsung partnership, right? How much is hardware really going to matter in terms of the innovative facet of it? Brandon, what are some of your thoughts? I mean, do you feel like BlackBerry is really going to push forward on unique and innovative hardware? Or are they going to fall back a little bit into kind of a, a, a comfortable place in terms of their hardware? What are some of your thoughts? Okay, everybody's thinking it. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> uh, I think uh, Samsung is probably, I think Chen's like, oh, we're going to be profitable in devices. And I think it means that, uh, it probably means that BlackBerry is just not going to be making most of the devices. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be doing the software. So, I mean, uh, it's just my thoughts on it. I mean, we're all thinking it. I'm just saying it. Uh, I think they're going to outsource, basically, the devices um, aspect of their portfolio. Um, to Samsung, and, and we've already started to see this with Foxconn, and we're going to start seeing some some joint operations in that aspect where BlackBerry has the the design aspect of it, and they, they can kind of they influence how the device is going to look, how it's going to function. But I think ultimately it's going to be we're going to see some of those materials and and other aspects of it uh, come from Samsung, and, and those guys develop it, and we're going to see BlackBerry as they've been doing progressively over the past year or so become more of a software-oriented company. So I, I, I that's hear my take on it. 
Samsung has their own app store. It's in, indeterminate of the Google Play and the Amazon. It's the, it's its own thing, and it has a lot of those core consumer applications we're really looking for. So, so maybe there is a play there. You know, maybe there is an expansion of not only sharing hardware but sharing maybe software and services development efforts as well. I mean, imagine if BlackBerry got with Samsung to build a version of Android. You know where they had very little input in terms of the actual code, but had a lot in terms of the vision to be able to build that out. Alex, let us know what your thoughts here. I'm interested to see. I, I, I'm personally on the side where I want a hybridized version. BB10 with those native notation, notification libraries and the native Google Play services, having all of that and a hybridized experience, the duality of BB10, is what I want. Are you more inclined to lean on the Android side? I think on last upstream you mentioned a lot of maybe maybe like eighty percent of the applications you used were Android. Yeah. So would you rather a full Android experience or a better BB10? What's your thought? Yeah, I'm I'm getting a bunch of different mixed emotions as you brought a few of those things up. Like for instance, say that they did partner with Samsung and we started using you know Samsung's ecosystem or whatever the heck they're building. It's like <laughs> I'm sick. I feel like I'm not the only one that's sick of oh Amazon App Store or this App Store or this or First Mobile like whatever. It's like seriously Google Play. I bought I I have bought Am or um. Google, okay, now I'm saying Amazon App Stores because I'm getting confused with all this. I've bought Android apps from actually Google Play, and I'm totally fine doing that. I feel like I want to use the, the exact, like, this is what everyone is using. Everyone is using Google Play. Developers are updating apps on Google Play. It makes sense to get integrated with Google Play, not, you know, an Amazon App Store or whatever Samsung's doing. If, even if they have the apps, then they have to worry about them being updated properly and you know, I'm just not a big fan of that. So then that begs the question of, well, hey, you know, if you do a hybrid OS, I feel like that's the only way you can really have integration um, with Google Play. You kind of do need the hybrid OS. Whereas if you're trying to cut some more corners and just try and get away with Amazon App Store, then sure, you could still try and continue doing, you know, BB10 the way that it's doing it. But I, I genuinely just want to be able to utilize Google Play as the the app store for most of my apps, and it would be great to still keep BlackBerry World there for, like I, I don't know the best way that they go about doing it. It's like you wish that they would make it so Android apps would run so great and just act like in the emulator like they are, but I think they kind of you know max that out, and there's only so much more they can do to improve it, even if you start throwing crazy specs in there. So, I mean, where we're, where we're at right now in terms of the Android runtime is that Jelly Bean, yet Android is that KitKat, and almost ready for the next iteration. So I, maybe there's a gap to be bridged in terms of that runtime, in terms of the performance, to really bring us to that point. I know the 10.3.2 betas have been phenomenal in terms of Android support. Brandon's mentioned his Fitbit app showing up in the accounts and, and other yeah. things like that. Brandon, how do you feel? Do you feel like hybrid is the way to go, or should they create a duality between the OSs, make an Android experience, and make a BB10 experience? I think uh, a hybrid is the way to go. Uh, what differentiates the BlackBerry 10 experience is essentially the... Those OS features like the hub and, and some and like the share invocation and those are just two examples, but there's many other things that if they could make a hybrid where where you could use Android apps 
and the and and those things that make it unique, make BlackBerry 10 unique. I think they could have a good situation going on there because I think having having BlackBerry just become a another device manufacturer for for Android, it, it kind of loses its its place in the marketplace. What differentiates BlackBerry 10 is really those those things that make it so much better than the competition. And I think there's there's an opportunity for BlackBerry to retain what it does best and what it does a lot better than the competition. And it's an opportunity for it to to bring over those applications in, in that specific that one specific area where it lacks behind the competition. When it comes to applications, it's just missing apps. But in terms of the the OS, what you can do with the OS and stuff, it it does excel in a lot of places. I feel I, I agree with you totally, Brandon. I feel like John Chen as a CEO is looking at the feedback from different BlackBerry device launches, from different BlackBerry software launches, and is really kind of like, all right, this is the venue which with we need to go down, right? So we saw four devices a year. John Chen seems to be very like receptive to, to the to the idea that maybe a couple less devices a year and just more marketing behind those devices will make them more successful. It seems like we've seen a big kind of like plateau in terms of marketing and this slider is that end of the year device that's really going to be the passport of 2015, right? Well, he's already, he's already said he's going to be hitting niche devices. Like He doesn't necessarily care to make a device for everybody. He's going to hit those devices or he's going to put those devices out to the people who specifically need them and hopefully they're going to turn a profit on him. He's not going to mass produce one single device for everybody and try to please everyone. He's going to hit those niche markets, stay in that sector, and hopefully turn a profit on the devices. And as for as for Android and BlackBerry 10 and everything like that, everything you guys say, I absolutely agree. BlackBerry 10 and Android do at some point in time need to be more fully integrated. However, it's actually getting the process done to be able to go ahead and, and put that in place. That's the problem. Because Google is not going to essentially just run, let their hardware, let their Google Play Store be run through any sort of virtualization programs or emulators or anything like that. They've tried that. They're not going to let it be dual booted or anything. It's just how how does Chen integrate any of this stuff? That's that's almost like the missing piece, and this is why we yeah. keep discussing it because that piece of information, that one singular piece of exactly how he implements it, is missing. You could say that Android and BlackBerry 10 can run together or side by side, whatever they can coexist. The problem is how the hell do you do it in such a way that Google says, okay, that's cool. Well, How do you see, get them to do that. Because, I agree. You know that that's the problem, and that's why it keeps coming up. It's that ease of access, Blaze. Absolutely, Alex. What are some of your solutions? Do you I, yeah. So this is. I mean, this is something that that definitely brings up some questions because you say that, and yes, there there was like a tablet that came out that dual booted um, Windows and Android. Right. And it from was like a, oh, from, that's, an in, from an Intel processor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So it totally got shut down after some time, and, and you can see, well, realistically, there might be other reasons as to why that got shut down. Who is a big competitor with Microsoft in a way? Google kind of is when you look at Chrome OS and, and what they're doing with Chromebooks versus now Microsoft is now getting into really cheap laptops for, you know, 
sub $200, and those are directly competing with the Chromebooks because Chromebooks have been pretty big in some schools and everything. So if you just go and say, you know, have your way with Android, as much as, you know, they, they need to protect their kind of area. So if they go and say, yeah, you know, go ahead and go do that, then that's one thing. But say they come with a partnership where BlackBerry offers some kind of security services that Google can utilize, then why would they not say, okay, you know, you can do this too. You're not a direct competitor really in any way. Um, if anything, you know, maybe they have to pay some type of royalty or whatever, but they're not so much of a competitor as maybe we saw, hey, Microsoft was, but they got shut down trying to do that. Unless right. you know of other examples. Hardware margins are less than $2 million a quarter, right? It's, yeah. it, it's small, very, very yeah. small. And as I said, maybe John Chen is consolidating the market around maybe one or two devices. The others go, they go out to enterprise, they get the traction they need, they sell the, the base volumes that they need in terms of fleet renewals, but they have a couple flagships that are actually driving revenue. Alex, I agree that Microsoft may be too big a fish, right? Number three. Yeah. But we may be able to allow number four yeah. Google support and further integrations to help bolster our desire to feed ourselves into the enterprise space. Brandon, what are some of your thoughts on, on the parlay of both of those sectors? We've heard a lot of rumors uh, you know, out there from basically stock blogs <laughs> pontificating as Chris elaborated for us, you know, like just pontificating really on the idea of maybe Microsoft, that this be a good play for them. And really they're picking off the, 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 the small wins BlackBerry has made in terms of BlackBerry's QNX overtaking Microsoft's Ford Sync in the car, in the automobile, in the Internet of Things, in mobility. Brandon, what do you think? Do you think that BlackBerry really has a place with some of these other competitors or should they drive further into their niche? Well, I say anybody who talks about Microsoft purchasing BlackBerry, I think from a Microsoft standpoint, I think that would be a great purchase just for the sense of not, not to assimilate. I mean, it's a high, high price tag to pay for the company. Um, and the way I see it, it's not a high price tag to take for the company if you're going to use the products. But I think if Microsoft were to purchase BlackBerry, it would be to essentially eliminate that competition from the enterprise space. And so... Enterprise. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I don't I don't think there'd be a space for BlackBerry products in the Microsoft ecosystem aside from maybe the enterprise service, uh, just because they have so many customers around the world, and it, it would be stupid for for Microsoft or whoever purchased them to get rid of that. But I think in terms of the operating system, um, the devices, and and what we really think of today, um, your general consumer as BlackBerry, I think. Those services, if someone were to purchase BlackBerry, and in particular, if it were to be Microsoft in particular, I think that would be a purchase to just get rid of the competition instead of trying to, to make use uh, of BlackBerry's products and, and improve their services. Um, on the flip side, do I think they're going to do that? Um, I'm not really sure because Microsoft is a really big company, but at the same time, $7 billion is quite a bit of money to toss just to get rid of uh, just to get rid of some competition, and I also think that if if they invested seven billion dollars in their own systems, um, they might be able to yield some results intrinsically um, for far cheaper than seven billion dollars. So people talking about Microsoft purchasing BlackBerry, I'm not really sure if there's some truth in that, just because I don't really see on the one hand 
whether the, the $7 billion price tag is really justified just to get rid of competition and whether that $7 billion they couldn't just invest it into themselves and, and kind of create some products to compete. And, and they don't necessarily need to wipe out BlackBerry with the products, they just need to, to you know, hit them where it hurts. Just, um, just to be clear, Brandon's saying $7 billion because a new post just went up like somewhere on like Thorn Arena or something like that, that Microsoft was buying BlackBerry for $7 billion. Yeah, like I think BlackBerry is worth far more, but I mean in, in hypothetical terms people are talking about the market cap today of BlackBerry and, and a little bit over that market cap to purchase it, which uh, on top of that I don't even think BlackBerry would sell for $7 billion currently just because they, uh, they have a pretty strong foothold in, like I said, government enterprise. Uh, so for those reasons, I, I don't really see from either side what the advantage, uh, personally to Microsoft, like the 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 return on investment on this purchase would be for them. Yeah, you know, but Microsoft they have to account to their shareholders too. Like I know a lot of people they see these rumors and it's like, oh yeah, they'll go and do that and everything. But realistically, if Microsoft just threw seven billion dollars to buy BlackBerry, if they didn't have such a perfect reasoning for it how they're going to integrate you know 95% of what BlackBerry has into their own product line that makes sense or whatever they have to count to their shareholders and they'll hurt themselves so right. people kind of start throwing around all these numbers and this money and everything but really at the end of the day companies are kind of ran by shareholders in a way that you can't just go and start doing all this junk and act like right. that it's their just going to happen their service is almost first in terms of like what we want right they're the people getting service first and it's the investors and, and John Chen has been all about just making BlackBerry make money. And that's something we've seen time and time again, whether it be through software, whether it be through hardware, whether it be through a combination of partnerships with things like the Secu tablet. They're all about making money for shareholders and increasing that value. And we will talk a little bit later about the, the share buyback program that John Chen is seeking to initiate. But before that, I want to talk about QNX. I mean, QNX boards the bus, automated fare systems for MSI Global taking over basically the entire Malaysian market. There's a lot of potential here. And this specific blog post from QNX kind of highlights it. It's very intricate. It's on the pay terminals, as you see here. It's on the actual uh, you know, ticketing machines that you see set up stationary between fares and as well, it comes all the way down through the individual process for the automatic gates that you go through. QNX is not only embedded at the purchase level, but it's at the actual integration level for the Philippines, Singapore, and Thailand. It's really some cool stuff overall, right? This is the kind of stuff like we wish BlackBerry was doing more. Every time I see a Chevy commercial talking about LTE, I'm like, this is a QNX commercial without a logo. But you're doing a great job of selling it for me, right? <laughs> but I, I want to get it myself. I want to get it like a, you know, an LTE-connected car. But ultimately, OnStar, QNX, and BlackBerry are the ones delivering that service to end users. And services, as we see here, you swipe your smart card, you get instant access to your different terminals and whatnot. This is the kind of Internet of Things potential BlackBerry really has. This stuff Brandon has talked about in multiple articles over the past couple of weeks. Brandon, what do you think about MSI Global taking on automated, automatic fares through QNX? Do you think this is a bolster for them or not? Um, I think it definitely is. It's 
uh, let's be honest. This isn't this isn't reinventing the wheel in terms of fare integration. This is just an opportunity for BlackBerry to really showcase that it's got some different footholds in where it does business. So it's not just healthcare. It's not just automotive. They're also branching out into these other sectors as well. And I think it's a really important thing to get out there um, and show people just because they, they are going into this IoT space. And, and what's so important about IoT is that you're not just locked down to one specific niche area. It's the fact that the Internet of Things is really talking about a global world where everything is connected and, and you're not just confined into these sandboxes um, in different places between, you know, your house is just one sandbox and, uh, you know, the streetlights are just one sandbox. It's really a communication of those systems so that your cell phone or your home knows that traffic's going to be bad on the road so that you should brush your teeth earlier or, or that the train system is delayed so that, you know, maybe you should catch the train at a different stop and things like that. And I think it's really important and I really like what BlackBerry's doing is really showcasing that they're in a whole bunch of different areas. That's the kind of marketing I wish they bolstered, right? Like, show me you're in cars, show me you're in automotive, show me you're in, you know, transit in these different facets, be it bus and/or trains. Tell me more about it. That's the kind of BlackBerry I think they need to start pushing forward. I was, you know, talking, I was talking about this the other day. I forget. Who, I I apologize to whoever it was, but I realistically forget who I was talking to it about. Basically, BlackBerry doesn't do enough, like. But previously, we've seen like press releases. They 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 had moments of times where they put out a press release for almost every single damn thing that they did, and basically they kind of stopped that. Now you get a press release here and there, but whatever is happening. However, we know for a fact that there are way more negotiations and services and contracts and stuff like that that are being created with QNX. I want a damn press release every time QNX makes a deal with someone or BlackBerry makes a deal with someone. Like, they should be screaming from the rooftops when these deals and these placements and integrations are being made, but they don't. A lot of the stuff that they do, for whatever reason, whether they can't do it, whether they can't come out and say it because of, you know, like contracts or security clauses or whatever the case may be, I understand those if they can't mention those. But realistically, there are plenty of other things that BlackBerry and QNX are doing that they could be issuing press releases. Like, why aren't these press releases coming out? Whenever they make a deal, whenever they integrate QNX into something, I want to know about it. Like, why didn't BlackBerry, like, um, you know, that the uh, the solar plane that was flying around? There was a yep. big, massive article yeah. on The Verge about this plane, which blew my mind because of the fact that I wrote the exact same article like three months ago and mentioned all of the QNX integration and everything like that. Like, why why wasn't there somebody? there in that placement to be able to say, hey, you know what, maybe you should mention QNX in this article. Like, why wasn't there a press release on that or some sort of reference to it? You know what I mean? Like, people need to be made aware of these things. If it's not, if it's not right out in front of people's faces these days, they're not going to go looking for it. Like, some people will, but some people won't. We will because it's what we're interested in, but there's other people out there that are, are not even on the radar, but they're still, like, paying attention, but if there was a press release saying, okay, well, this is the information that's available, or, you know, get more news outlets reporting this stuff, because realistically, the only time that we hear about BlackBerry in terms of mass media exposure is when some shit hits the fan. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, if somebody has something bad to say about BlackBerry, 
that's when everybody hears about it. But when there's something good to say about BlackBerry, nobody says a damn word except for the BlackBerry blogs. You know what I'm saying? That stuff needs to be pushed out. Keep it in their faces. I want press releases for every damn thing. If John Chen farts in the direction of somebody who he might be making a deal with, they should put out a damn press release. John Chen farts. Aside the Chinese, <laughs> Kawhi is getting a whiff. Lenovo, no, I want to hear it too, Chris, because honestly, there's so little to go on right now. We're walking yeah. such a narrow track in terms of the news. Give us something to feed on. Can I, I just? I, I totally agree. There's so much going on right now with BlackBerry <laughs> that it, it, a lot gets tossed under the rug in terms of the exposure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and can I just say, like, uh, when BlackBerry 10 was first coming out, you know, you have people, if someone farted on a BlackBerry 10 device in a T-Mobile shop, people would be like, oh, BlackBerry's down the drain. And you had, so, like, so many tiny <laughs> stories, so many insignificant stories out there. And you kind of just want, you know, maybe to counteract all that like nonsense news with some really impactful news from BlackBerry on a daily basis. And like the honestly the inside BlackBerry blogs don't don't do enough for me. They do a lot, but a lot of it is focused on like maybe that one user scenario where a BlackBerry is valuable. If they kept it a little bit more broad, a little bit more open and were expansive with the kind of message they were trying to deliver, I think more people would be in tune to hear it. Like Tyler Florence, uh, the tennis player, Maria, all that Ursula. stuff is stuff. Right. That's the kind of stuff we want to see, right? We want to see beautiful people using beautiful devices and talking about how it makes their experience unique amongst all. That's the kind of stuff they really need to bring in. That's the kind of stuff we're waiting for. John Chin has kind of mentioned, you know, tailoring back, focusing on marketing, increasing that brand awareness, you know, increasing the amount of education around. But I think the core of what John Chen has been saying is these devices will be profitable one way or another, whether it's cutting back a couple heads here and there and pushing forward on maybe one or two devices in terms of our flagship marketing model, it's going to get done. We're going to make profit on these devices. And when that profit is made, once we have that baseline to go off of, really they can start innovating in, in any venue they want. The passport seems so very, very specific towards writers, con content consumers who want that wide screen. What's the slider going to be aimed toward? And what are future devices, you know, future BlackBerry devices going to be aimed toward in terms of that key demographic for who it's designed for and how they can use it? I still, to this day, cannot understand how I can use a dual curve display to be more productive. But I bet money BlackBerry will come out with that solution that says, here's how it can be, right? <laughs> I'm excited to see that. Alex, what about you? You've been longing for this all-touch form factor from BlackBerry. Is a dual curve slider going to bring that to you? Is that going to be enough to quench your thirst? Yeah, I mean, I've... It's it's kind of interesting because it's definitely going to be the next device I buy. And um, my aunt, I actually had a discussion with her just the other day, and she had a few people kind of coming down under the fact that she has a Q10 and it's it's BlackBerry and everything. But she said, you know what? It does what I want it to do. I'm happy with it. She said, I'm going to get that slider that you keep talking about. So <laughs> she's already sold on it, whether or not. So BlackBerry just deliver. Um, and Verizon, no. <laughs> <laughs> and Verizon. No, 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 but yeah, I mean, I think it'll 
be enough for what we're looking for. A lot of people that I've talked to who who own the torch and love the torch, they are actually looking forward to the slider quite a bit. So I'm just hoping that, you know, it could, I don't know, I think it'll be fine. Everyone's been waiting for the, for a phone just to replace like a Z30, Z10, whatever they have for so long that I really don't feel like they can screw this up, but let's hope that they don't screw this up. From different contexts I've heard, Alex, a lot, John Chen at the AGM meeting a couple months back, a couple weeks back, he was trashing the torch. He's like, the new slider we're building is nothing like the torch. Like, it's it's inspired by, but nothing like. Okay. And that makes me positive. Like, but, it yeah. makes me excited because. But that's. But that's funny because the torch was their most sold device, wasn't it? I, it, I'd say it probably was because so I saw the most so successful many device, and he's like chirping it. <laughs> he's harping on it, but because I mean. You compare any legacy BlackBerry device yeah. to the BB10 devices. That's true. And they're just like miles ahead in terms of accessibility, the pro- productivity that they offer. So I can see him kind of being like, "Yeah, that's like that's four years ago. Like we've moved on in terms of what we can offer and the value we're really trying to give you." I mean, Bez 10, Bez 12, even with the dual profiles and all the features therein. There's a lot they can offer. I still show people. I show off my passport and I show off the the sliding between the app tray with the keyboard. Just a basic feature, right, on the latest beta. And people are like, "Whoa, why did I not know this existed?" I'm like, "Because you're not good enough for it. You're not an enterprise user, you know. This isn't for you. I'm sorry. Like, you're interested by it. That's great, but this is really something meant for a business user who can." make 100% use of the capabilities therein. Either yeah. way, John Chen seems very focused, guys, on bringing hardware to profitability one way or another, be it cutting down the number of devices and increasing the marketing per device. He's going to make it successful, and that makes me very confident. The four devices a year, I felt kind of okay about, right? I understand why those devices are coming to market, but if he brings one, two, three devices to market a year and really drives a marketing message behind why these devices exist, I think the devices are going to do better. The Classic, the Passport, both of them hit such a nail on the head in terms of what the user was looking for. The Classic, this is for a user whose legacy Passport, this is for a user who wants more, who wants innovation. I don't know what you guys think, but I think John Chen is really listening to that feedback and and being able to take action on it it seems like a lot of the feedback we gave during the Torstenheim regime kind of got glossed over. Like they had their plan in place. They were going to go with it. Z30, here's what it is. We're not going to market it. You guys are going to love it. <laughs> but a lot got left under the table. With Passport and the Classic, they've been very ardent on these are our top you know, offerings to you guys. Here's what they can do. Here's the difference. Here's why it's valuable. If that keeps going forward and enhances... Brandon might make another app. I mean, right now, I mean, we might get to build a little more, right? James is hitting me where it hurts. It's profitability, right? We want these devices to be profitable. We're not going to build them at a cost to ourselves. We've seen the Q&X technology behind the devices, behind Internet of Things applications in terms of the MSI Global. But as well, recently we saw a BlackBerry purchase share program common share pro, uh, program for BlackBerry to actually initiate a buyback of their own shares. I found this very interesting. I, I reached out with a couple contacts 
who are on the stock side of things who are looking at it, and all of them see it very positively that this is BlackBerry showing a boost of confidence, almost a shot in the arm, like we believe so much in our vision going forward that we want to invest in it now, even at the price you're paying. As, as a shareholder and or you know, BlackBerry enthusiast, how do you feel about the share buyback? Do you feel like this is something that instills faith in BlackBerry or deteriorates the hope that we have in terms of the brand? I, I'd like to hear your thoughts. Let's start with Chris. Uh, in terms of the buyback program, I think there, as you said, there's been a lot of speculation about why it exists because there are financial, bad financial reasons as to why it could be going into effect, and there's good financial reasons as to why it could be going into effect. I think part of the key point for me is that um, if you look at the, the buyback program and the explanation of it is that it's basically built for employee incentives as well. And I think realistically the, stand, the standout point there, at least when I look at it, is that, okay, they're concerned about employee incentives. Uh, obviously they plan on having employees for a while if they're concerned about employee incentives, right? Preach. So, yeah, I mean, that's 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 my my basic look at it because realistically and I don't I don't make no secret about it I don't I don't invest in BlackBerry I don't even really pay attention to the stock because I think a lot of it is you know pretty much manipulated yeah. volatile yeah. to say yeah, like if I, started, if I started a, if I started a rumor tomorrow and I I've, I've joked about it several times like I'm going to start a rumor that I'm going to buy BlackBerry or Crackers going to buy BlackBerry whatever you know <laughs> Brandon's going to buy BlackBerry tomorrow it's so easy to be able to go ahead and make that stock go up and down it's almost like BlackBerry world you can you can literally watch like apps rise to the top as you blog about them yeah. and you can you can literally watch stock either go up or down as rumors are are, are put out into the world. Like, you know, I just think that that's that whole aspect of it. Is, I hate it. it. It drives me nuts, and I realistically hate the fact that it, it can be manipulated in that way. It, but like I said, that's that's I have no problem admitting that it, it's one of one of my flaws in terms of of being able to write about BlackBerry. I just simply don't care about the right. stock. You take that kind of that anger, or maybe not anger, but like that just disdain for that kind of that kind of conversation, right? I know yeah, you. Yeah, like I don't even want to attract that that attention because it, it's so. It, it, as you said, it's it's angry, <laughs> angry conversation at the same time. People are just so nuts when it comes to like the stocks. But Brandon's dying to speak. He's like, Brandon. Brandon's been like mic in hand, like, all right, guys. That's like, but that's what makes it so interesting. That's what makes the stock market so interesting is because it does take real life um, effects. Like, what happens in the real life certainly affects the stock market and affects everything that happens with the company. So I find that fascinating. Um, to your point, just because one person perceives something as good. 20 other people could perceive, perceive it as bad yeah. when it comes to one company and then when another company does it the same thing could be the reverse effect right so it's it's tremendously fascinating and, and, and one of the things you have to understand about a stock buyback is that there's a few reasons why a company might do it uh, on one hand it's it's well it's always to improve shareholder value that's what they should always be doing it and when they buy back stocks that it actually increases the overall percentage that each shareholder owns in the company because there's there's fewer shares so so in theory 
what you're doing is you're creating more value for those shares that are left there with the shareholders who have those shares, right? So and the hopes are is that when you buy the stocks back, it's going to create more value for shareholders and, and more people are going to want to purchase it because they can have a bigger pie of the company um, having to buy fewer shares. And the person selling it is going to make more revenue off of those fewer shares just because there's more, there's more uh, stock to sell in a sense. It, it, Another, it's a boot of confidence yeah. for sure brands and right they work yeah. they're working against the dilution of the brand right a lot of a lot of of just nonsense has been bringing the share price down so if you can instill your own confidence with your own money buying at the market rate you're going to decrease the dilution and as you said the pond is going to get smaller the shorts are going to shake and the stock value per share is going to go up I think there's a big value for all of us. Alex, I know you yeah. own some shares. Those <laughs> shares are going to be worth more, assuming this approval goes through at the next AGM. See, well, okay, I, I, that's a little bit of a trade-off, though. Just going under the assumption saying, well, this is going to cause the shares to go up isn't necessarily true because what they're doing is they're spending their own money. They have cash on hand, so they're going to be getting rid of some of this cash on hand. And that's not necessarily a positive thing for a shareholder unless the shareholder has so much faith in BlackBerry that they say, well, we want you to invest. Well, I guess it, it really doesn't affect too, too much because they're kind of taking something here and replacing it over here. It's still the even amount. So it's not going to be like, if this goes through, the stocks are just going to shoot up. It at least shows, you know, and stills confidence, like you guys have brought up, that if BlackBerry feels that they essentially what they're doing is investing in themselves, then that's obviously a good thing. A lot of companies invest in other companies to make more money. Well, if you're spending $120 million on buying back shares because you feel like they're undervalued, then that's just instilling confidence. So hopefully that's why the shares will increase. It's not necessarily because they're doing this buyback um, that the shares are going to go up because there are less shares and everything. It's, it's very convoluted and complicated. You know, as, as we discussed, Alex, it's volatile right now. It can yeah. drop between 9 and 12 very easily. That margin is huge. It really is in terms of the stock, right? If I buy 100 shares, between that volume, I can make 400 500 $600 just on like a day's worth of trading. If yeah. they decrease the dilution and make that gap a little bit smaller, it's going to keep the price more sedentary. The yep. pool is smaller. Less people can yeah. get in on it. And again, it just keeps that baseline price more realistic in terms of their growth going forward. Why are we growing from 9 when we should be growing from 12, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and, and hopefully that'll bridge that gap. Brandon, what are some and, of your your further thoughts on it? And, and sometimes, like you like you mentioned, a company will buy back shares when they think the market has discounted their shares enough, and so they'll buy them yeah. back. So, that, like you said, it dilutes it less, and they can start going forward from from a less diluted stock. And so they can theoretically, hopefully, you know, have the the bottom be twelve now and, and go up from there. But as Alex said, I mean, it really comes down. It's the wild, wild west, like what Blaze said as well. So it really comes down to what the market is willing to accept and what they, how they value the company, and whether the shareholders see value in it. Uh, based on how the market reacted after the news, uh, it seems like it's it, it's some positive news. I mean, it, it didn't yeah. go up tremendously, but it did go up, which is, you know pretty pretty good considering almost every time BlackBerry announces anything it like goes up for like half a day and then goes down. Yep, exactly. So BlackBerry buys Movert stock plunges. Alright, whatever you say. Yeah. Whatever you say. <laughs> yes, yes. 
I, I can't even get involved in that. <laughs> I, I kind of want to side on the side of Blaze where I've got no investment, and it's just, it is it is what it is, but I'm on the side of Alex where I've got some shares invested. I want to see them grow, and I honestly think it's just a vote of confidence. Be it to, to make sure John Chen's salary is adequate, among other things, you know, I'm fine with that. Because really, bringing the base level up is going to be beneficial for all of us. It's going to increase our value overall. The, uh, we, we have an article on Berryflow coming out, and, and hopefully CB will follow with some iteration. Chris, did you ever put out that editorial you were working on? I've been working on it basically uh, really? all earlier yeah. today. The only reason why I stopped is to, to take time out to do this, so that'll probably go up tomorrow. It's just basically like a compilation of all the all the rumors and the layoff news and stuff like that because uh, like I, I so love much. doing yeah yeah so, oh, so, so much to cover. It's just I mean when you take a look at the at the landscape and pretty much I, I can say this from pretty much the last three days I guess you could say were were kind of crucial in terms of, of news and rumors and information and and basically just stuff being put out about BlackBerry. I mean they had like the the share back pro, the the share buyback program the layoff announcements there's some new uh, you know tell a, tell all book which is dramatically titled losing the signal the unfortunate story yeah. of BlackBerry whatever which is probably an interesting read so I get that there's the um, Samsung Exynos rumors that basically I feel as though that I started and then somebody <laughs> else picked up on. Chris, Chris, on this dialogue, you definitely started <laughs> Somebody totally cribbed off my information, but, you know, they cribbed my rumor and ran with it. Shout out to Seeking Alpha. But, you know, <laughs> such is life. I mean, I didn't blog it, so that's pretty much my own fault. Um, <laughs> Pictures or, or it didn't happen. Yeah, or it really. didn't happen on somewhere else, right? Yeah. Well, I got forum posts, and I talked about it on Barry Flow way before that goddamn Seeking Alpha article, so whatever, man. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there, there's been a ton of stuff. So I did up a, a from the editor's desk, which, like, as anybody who knows me, I don't necessarily do them unless I'm actually, like, fired up about something. So, you know, I have one of those coming for either later on tonight, probably tomorrow, because you know it's Memorial Day, long weekend, all that stuff. So that'll be that'll be posted up. Not that the post point. is going to be a Black Mary Memorial, but <laughs> it, it may come on Memorial Day. Yeah, it may come on Memorial Day. Exactly. I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure your insight on weaving those little idiosyncrasies, those little coincidences, kind of putting them all in line for us will be very yeah. valuable, at least from a perspective. Uh, for, for you know, from our end, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. I'm you mentioned kind of you kind of touched on it. There's buyout rumors from Microsoft and other Chinese manufacturers, Huawei, Lenovo, Xiaomi, even. Is it reasonable? John Chen recently put a tweet out to Recode, one of their editors, that he's actually doing some business over in China. So, is it out of scope to consider <laughs> maybe he's working on some licensing deals? Be and licensing is one of those things that BlackBerry has a very broad portfolio. They've got devices, they've got software, but licensing seems to be that one venue that's kind of unexplored for them. Not many people want to hedge a bet on BlackBerry software and see how it works for them in terms of hardware revenue. 
But maybe John Chen is opening up the conversation, hey, we've got a hybrid OS. We've solved the, maybe in the future the Google Play services problem, and we're able to bridge the experience for your user. It's not a totally consumer thing, but it also has the productivity and security features you're looking for. And as a reference platform, I mean, this is something John Chen mentioned, uh, excuse me, Corsten Hines mentioned, building BB10 as a reference platform for other manufacturers, be it in automotive, be it in the embedded space, be it in even hardware and devices. As we see Samsung and BlackBerry kind of align their, their assets. Alex, Brandon, do you see this as something that's going to be more Android-focused? Or do you still think they're going to rely on that QNX native kernel to deliver these kinds of experiences? I, every day I, I use my passport and I find something new about it. I just found out today that you can peek in an application and still use the keyboard, the touch-enabled keyboard, to scroll within that application while you're in peak. It's just one of those fun things that, like, yeah. haha, I'm yeah. real multitasking and you're not. <laughs> All right. I'm just going to say it because everybody's thinking it. BlackBerry's going to go with Tizit. No, I'm just joking. Tizit. <laughs> uh, uh, that is it. It's Tizit. Come go. out with it. <laughs> That's out of the bag, guys. Uh, it's really tough to say right now. I mean, I think the next uh, OS iteration is really going to lay the, the groundwork for what we're going to expect to see over the next while. Whether we see some more Android integration or a more a more separated approach, kind of like uh, what you what you call it before, uh, uh, James, where where you have two OSs on on one device. Hybridization. Hybridization. <laughs> no, really. Like, I'm in the Instagram app, and it'll, you know, I'll, I'll press the video camera, and it'll be like, do you want to browse the Android gallery, or do you want to browse the native? And it'll just invoke oh, dude, the native the, right over. I the love Android that gallery show. sucks. Have you noticed that? Oh, it's man, it's brutal. bad. I love the native, like, yeah. from the native invocation, I can access Dropbox. I can access my desktop. I can access my media card. Gallery is just going to give me my device and or yeah. media card. I love the native integration that they have. I press the SMS app in an Android app, and I get the native BB10 Hub card just yep. popped over. I love that type of stuff. Maybe they can expand on it. But, Alex, what what are your, some of your thoughts? Do you feel like that is a viable way forward? I mean, without the Google Play services, without that tighter integration of the Android notification library and some of the other additives that we need for our Android experience, do you feel like it's only going to be second best? I mean, full Google Play support, but only the Amazon App Store is is still a limitation, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, let's be realistic, because even, um, like, look at iOS and Android. So even Android is getting hurt a little bit at all these developers developing for iOS first, and even, you know, I... I think it's Parachute or whatever, Meerkat. Everything like started on iOS first. Parachute. Parachute. Periscope. Periscope. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting whatever. Oh, <laughs> man. I don't, I don't, I can't use it because I'm on Blackberry, so I don't know these things. You, no. sound, like, you sound like my grandparents, man. What's that, what's that, uh, what's that Parachute app there? Okay, so my AT point. Samsung, send Alex some fucking education. <laughs> is lacking. My point is, even being on an Android device, you're seeing some people not getting the full app experience that you want. So if you go and take that on a third level, then it's like, well, let's just use the Amazon App Store and everything like that. Then 
you know, you're really at a big disadvantage because moving forward, people just want to make apps for a couple operating systems. And I really don't feel like it's going to make sense to try and do something else. You know, Google Play Store kind of just makes the most sense to me. Here, and, here's the thing, Alex. Does it make sense for you as a developer to say, okay, we have business applications in BlackBerry and World. That's we completely have fine. Media, be it video and music, through Amazon, and then we have the Google. Is that trifecta going to be effective for BlackBerry? Is it going to kind of confuse consumers? Like, where do I go? Do I go here? Do I go there? I have too many options. What do I do? do you well, feel I feel like you know. Yeah, I mean, technically, maybe you should do. Hey, you know, BlackBerry World will be on your device if you have um, a Bez-enabled device and like in the workspace and everything. So it's like from the workspace, maybe you just have BlackBerry World pop up in there, whereas in your personal space, you have Google Play. Um, because, yeah, I completely agree. For instance, my aunt has no idea which world to go into. I have Snap on her phone. Same with my mom. She doesn't know which one to go to. It does get a little bit confusing. Do I go native or you know Google Play? Or BlackBerry needs to make an app that will search through both of them. Like, they, I don't know. It's There's a lot of different things that could be done, but I don't know. It's That's where I get hung up on, on when, when people ask about the slider because and it, it goes back to what Brandon was saying, that we're not really going to notice anything until we see the next OS iteration, the next major OS iteration, because we already know what 10.3.2 looks like. Yeah. So what's the next major exactly. OS iteration, and what OS is the slider coming with? Because earlier James asked Alex what he thought about the slider and would he pick it up, and it's reasonable for Alex at this point to say, yeah, okay, maybe I'll pick up the slider if it comes to Verizon, whatever, but he doesn't necessarily know what operating system it's going yeah. to come up, with, come up with, right? So it's hard to say whether or not that the slider is going to be the device for Alex because of that fact. He may find that you know he, he's still he's still missing apps at that point in time that he really wants to have on his device, and and that's the thing. Like Brennan said, we're not going to know until somebody says something about what operating system the slider is running on, uh, whether it be just straight up BlackBerry ten, whether there be some Android integration or whether yeah. it be a flat-out Android device. If it's a flat-out Android device and it, let's say, for example, they get like rid of BlackBerry World or something, can you imagine how many people that's essentially going to piss off yeah. in BlackBerry World? I spent $15 in BlackBerry World on right. music, movies and apps. And, right. and, 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 they'll, and they'll be pissing off the wrong people, too. They'll be pissing off the very people who got them to the place they yeah. are now. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just really a bad place for them to do that. So they're, not, they're between a rock and a hard place. Can you spawn 10 million users to gain 100 million? Ah, from a business perspective, you're kind of tossed in the air. And that's yeah. what we are, right? I'm using a, I'm using a Z10, for God's sake. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm on a Z10 right now, guys, just because, like, BlackBerry is so expansive in terms of what they offer. And and maybe it's an ecosystem thing. Maybe it's a hardware thing. Maybe the slider will be that device that gives us that further access. But I'm still interested to see where the company is going to take themselves in terms of their focus, right? Yeah. you know, And, and you know, I want to do a full disclosure thing with this because a lot of people are like, oh, you guys, you guys just want Google Play integrate. You just want Google integration, Android, and everything. It's like they're, they, we don't necessarily want all this to happen. 
we're at a point where we kind of need something like this to happen so BlackBerry could then focus on what they need to be focusing on. They're a security software company. They're screwing around way too much of their time trying to figure out what do we do with apps, how do we make people happy, and all this going back and forth. They need to focus on what they're good at, so Google Play or something like that is a solution for them to finally move forward as a company. So we don't necessarily, we're not like, oh, I want Android on BlackBerry because, you know, and we'll just go to Android. It's kind of, BlackBerry needs to do this at this point. I totally agree, Alex. Yeah. There's, there's a lot here that they could do to stem some of that user concern and, and pilot it in a way that is beneficial for them. BB10 is still wholeheartedly productive. I mean, I, I hate to show it off in such a way, but, like, I'm here. I can peek in an application and and hold it there. Let me see if I can get it right. I can hold it there, but I can still use the keyboard to actually scroll through said application <laughs> while it's in peak. I mean, yeah. this is the kind of multitasking you will not find on any other platform. It's not and just it's taking just like a, a snapshot and, and right. point. It's, yeah. it's not a picture. It's not a, a paused in the background. But this wait, is, is that a feature or a bug? <laughs> exactly. That, it could be a bug, right? And they're like, hmm, when did it mean for that to work there? Hold on now. Well, you know how you can bring the active frames to the bottom? Like, it yeah. it seems like it's a bug, but it's still there. So it's, it's like still a super functional bug. Right? <laughs> yeah. Brandon, yeah, let I just us know, man. You seem to have something. Every time I look at you, you got the mic to your face. You're like, I'm, I'm about to go. I'm about to go. Yeah. What's your question? Pose it to us, please. We're ready to answer. I'm just wondering, from from your perspectives, do you think that the average, you know, company that develops an application, do you think they really think about security when they're developing apps? For instance, like Instagram or Facebook. Do you think these companies, when it comes from the ground up, do they really care about security? And maybe that's that's one reason why there isn't this emphasis on on really wanting to to go for BlackBerry or some other places just because they don't see the value in BlackBerry in terms of, they, they think that BlackBerry is secure, but they just don't value security. And I'm just wondering if it's a fundamental you know, shift in the industry that needs to happen for people to value security um, and, and whether that's one aspect to, to why they're not going on to That's to That's so true. Um, and I guess like the larger the company, I'd say, and the more, you know, the more they have to lose, the more security will be a thing. So, like, perfect example, did Facebook, when they were first invented, was security first? Or did they want to try and see if it existed as a company and could be a company? And then they're like, oh, crap, we have, you know, 100 million users. Maybe we should really build in some security things. Or once our app starts getting hacked, once, you know, people start using Snapchat to save chats and all this stuff or whatever was happening, these pictures, maybe that's when we should start dealing with security. And realistically, a lot of the people making apps, it might just be me or you in our bedroom making an app, we don't have the kind of knowledge or focus or understanding of how important security is, and it really isn't that important until you have a lot of users. So that's a very, you know, I think that's a great point, and that probably is one of the problems with it, absolutely. You know, Alex, I, I hear your point. I hear it wholeheartedly, but at the same point, I feel like BlackBerry ignores the the volume of the user, and they're like, "Yo, security is. We're not gonna put it out if it's not secure. You know, we're not gonna we're not gonna even bring it to market if it doesn't have that core tenant. And it comes down to maybe a change in a deliberateness in focus. Yeah, BlackBerry seems wholeheartedly focused on 
enterprise, security, privacy. That is our forte. Whereas maybe the consumer stuff isn't so much, and we can partner with others to get it. I think the better question, Brandon, that will stem off of, all right, the toothpick's gone, all right? Is that, is that better for you? <laughs> I, think, I think the better question is really, will security matter by the time it needs to matter? When Apple Pay and all these other facets of what we do with our devices really comes under scrutiny by hackers and or third parties who are looking to gain access, right? I wish Touch ID had the kind of security a BlackBerry has down to the hardware level. I'm not talking Apple ID hardware encryption. I'm talking down to the specific literal hardware unit that they can secure that device. And a lot of that is missing still. Apple is this quasi-secure brand with the Touch ID, with a lot of what they're doing in terms of the access to Apple. Applications. I mean, right now, the BBM application can be locked down with your fingerprint on iOS, but we have no semblance of that on Android, which supports fingerprint sensors and will fully in their next OS upgrade. And then BB10, which supports it not at all, you know? Yeah. So does security come from the, the silicon, or does it come from the innovation that comes on top of that? And, and maybe Brandon can speak on that a little bit more. Do you feel like security is this one-sided thing? Or do you feel like it's something that really is a beginning-to-end integration that BlackBerry specifically is focused on? I think it's definitely a beginning-to-end um, system. Like when uh, when Nemery was getting all that flack for his, his devices being um, for not being yeah, secured, I kind of felt for him because as a developer myself, I mean, my apps weren't so much in the forefront, but as a developer, you. When you're when you're a home when you're a little independent developer like Alex was saying yeah. you're not you don't really get those tools and you don't really get the knowledge and education um, to really look on how to make your your application secure so I do think it's really a, a start to finish process to, to making app secure and making the whole process secure you know you can have an application that that does something but if there's one chink in the metal there's going to be an opportunity for someone to get in there and get stuff right. So it's really you really have to have an, a whole all-encompassing all solution, and, and and BlackBerry is one step to that, and one one solution to that, uh, in terms of the the entire process of it. But at the end of the day, you're gonna need to have those those specific apps and, and things that people use to also you know play their part in it as well. Just to Brandon's his actual question there, basically, I think number one, yeah. There are a lot of companies out there that don't necessarily think of BlackBerry because of the fact that the security isn't necessarily there, as we've seen and history has shown thus far. When Instagram basically launched, they had pretty much next to no security. They ended up getting hacked eventually. Same with Snapchat. Snapchat ended up getting hacked, which is part of the reason as to why you can't have Snapchat on BlackBerry 10 now because they closed off that hole that allowed... Well, not even necessarily that, but they don't want third-party developers creating applications for their their system, and that basically brought forth the closing of the access to Snapchat through BlackBerry 10 and the Android app and so on and so forth. But, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I also think that, you know, that, that security aspect is something that developers think about, or in this case don't necessarily think about, but I also think that Developers aren't necessarily building for BlackBerry because they have been turned off by BlackBerry for 
a number of reasons throughout the actual years that BlackBerry has existed. I mean... For the last four years, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, basically, a lot of developers don't consider BlackBerry a company. A lot of developers just simply don't even think that BlackBerry exists anymore. And, you know, as sad as that is to say, that is the reality of the situation. They just don't... They either don't know that BlackBerry exists or they simply just don't care that BlackBerry exists. They realistically wish they'd die. Um, you know, a lot of the, the Android developers who essentially, and this, this part comes in, in from the community, I believe, a lot of the Android developers that are aware that BlackBerry 10 can run Android apps, some of them have attempted to bring their Android apps to BlackBerry World and bring them to BlackBerry devices and so on. And they haven't necessarily received such a warm welcome. If you look in BlackBerry World, you look at the reviews and stuff like that, there's like, why isn't this native? One star, one star, one star. Come back with a native app. Like, would you want to develop an app for an individual who is basically solely ungrateful that your app even exists? Like, why isn't this native? And we complain that a lot of Android developers aren't bringing their apps to BlackBerry, but at the same time, some of the user base is basically saying, we don't want your damn Android apps. So, uh, that, that's, that's Snap. Why do I want you in BlackBerry world? Right. You know? exactly. yeah, it's, it's the problem between the average user and the educated user. The educated user who knows Snap is going to complain, why the heck are you putting your junk in BlackBerry world? But the average user who doesn't have Snap is like, why isn't this Android app even in BlackBerry World? Because I want it. So Tower, Tower Ghost for Destiny says Brandon, <laughs> and, and I can't yeah. agree more. If you, if yeah. you get that Destiny reference, like that's it. it there is really kind of like this exclusivity with Team BlackBerry. And Alex, you sounded so illustrious denouncing Android applications <laughs> in BlackBerry World, but I think there's a genuine point to that accessibility. I'm a I'm a consumer BlackBerry user. I, I do not use my BlackBerry for many business purposes. Yes, I have three emails, you know, synced on the device. Yes, I keep up with multiple streams of communication, but I'm not an enterprise user by any means. I use the browser. I use a couple <laughs> apps here and there. Like I am I'm a basic bitch, you know, if anything's ever been so. So for me, BlackBerry 10 is like way beyond wow. what I even need from a user. It really, it really is. BlackBerry 10 is so powerful to my needs. I, I'm flicking words just because I can, not because I need to, not because <laughs> I need to get back to this message proficiently, but You're because strong. I can. You know, I show off the device, and it's, it's kind of like a, a subservient thing where I'm showing it off to no end because at the end of the day, I'm not that kind of user. But there are users out there like all of you. You all have a business purpose for using a BlackBerry where you need the immediacy of that communication. And it, it it's lost on some and I think really, really appreciated by others. And, and Brandon, some of your previous articles have just come off with that sense of, man, I just want more. Like I love it, but I want more. And because I love it, I want more. So <laughs> how, how do you ask for more when accepting what is? Because BlackBerry 10.3.1 across the globe, it, it is what it is. There's people who are still like just getting that 10.3.1 upgrade, and they're like, whoa. You know, yeah. there's a lot of people out there. So, so how does a developer, and especially a developer who's part of our community, come to terms with that? How do you, how do you, uh, how do you tower of ghosts and destiny but still play the game? Well, can I first say you're a strong, independent BlackBerry user who don't need no Android. <laughs> I don't need no Android. Uh, 
but apart from that, yeah, it's it's definitely a challenge to get the the BlackBerry community to accept these Android apps. Um, you've got you know, it's it, there's two sides to the community. You got those people who really hate Android ports, and then you've got the other end of the community who who love Android apps. And it's just really trying to kind of market the aspect of the Android apps that really needs to be be done uh, on that end. But on the other side, you were touching on how you're a consumer and, and you primarily use your BlackBerry device for consumer purposes. But let's not forget, there's there's plenty of aspects to enterprise and business. That, that lends itself to the consumer space. If you look at any marketing team, you can't tell me that no marketing team out there, like that the majority of them don't use Instagram and use some of these social networking yeah. apps Brandon, to do I'll their marketing you, work. I'll come so at I mean, you directly for that statement. How many top you know, business 500, you know, top 500 US and or Canadian North American companies are actually on Instagram. But the like, top, dude, the top oh, Kickstarter companies, the top, uh, the top new companies are coming up with Instagram. The companies that are going to be Fortune 500 in the next 50 years are the companies that are using Instagram. Yeah. Not the companies who are using oil and stuff, technology that, that's Dude, even GE. GE like was that. big on Vine for a while, and it, they have been. Like GE. A company like that, they're doing vines like crazy, and Instagram, they're doing social networks. For them, that's so. good, right? Because it, it brings the cost of consumer education down to a very social level, like something very manageable. But for a company like BlackBerry, that is so – like I put this on social media. You're not going to give two hoots because it just doesn't resonate with you until I show you what it is. So how do you bridge that gap, right? How on social do you connect with a user who is beyond enterprise but not consumer? That's a billion dollar question. Right. Yeah. And we will we will touch on that. Maybe on seven that. billion. <laughs> and, hopefully, and hopefully that's a question that Jennifer Deutsch can answer. In the company. Yeah. Oh, first circle, full circle, full circle. That was that was brilliant, Brandon. I'm glad you brought that around. It's a question <laughs> we'll discuss on our next upstream session. We're approaching downstream, which will be our drink-laden version of, of Upstream where we, we're going to cover a year worth of topics in one stream and we really hope you'll you know enjoy and engage in the experience. It's going to be a little drinking game. Got started tonight. <laughs> if I told you about tonight, it wouldn't have happened. So I'm just going <laughs> to myself and how awesome it was. But we really appreciate everyone coming. Blaze, as always, your contribution is immense. You bring so much from the Crackberry side and the community side of things that a lot of us developers and or writers just kind of miss out on it, and we look forward to your editorial. Stop Brand it, you're making me blush. <laughs> <laughs> I think you, 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 maybe 30 minutes into the stream have been like that, so it's, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, Alex, both of you, you bring so much to the community in terms of your developments. I want to continue seeing that push forward here as, as Alex jumps on his, his second video call. <laughs> Oh, you're cool, you're cool, Alex, because you got two uh, two boxes in this chat. No, dude, no. my my I use Opera and it totally crashed. Now my camera doesn't work. Just we, <laughs> we've been on too long, I think. That's probably a good inclination. I was just saying goodbye to, to both Brandon and you, Alex. So I appreciate having you on. We, we will see you next week, episode number fifty. Again, two episodes away from downstream, and we're really looking forward to that. Brandon is definitely going to come out and bring those topics to us on his own. <laughs> Cross your fingers, that happens. And <laughs> we might have that together by 52. But again, this episode has been called Shares. As we talked about the different viewpoints we share on BlackBerry. We'll see you next week. Thank you for watching.
Take care. Later. Bye. Where's the stop broadcast button?